I can't believe you two took that raving lunatic seriously. What do you think this is? <laughs> Hey, hey, it's the Never Good Enough Podcast. I'm your host, AK. As usual, with me right here is my main man, my co-host, my companion, my partner, Himes. It's me, baby. Uh, what do we got on today's episode? Today we're doing a debate recap, and then we're going to talk about uh, what poor people did to uh, get so much hate. Oh, the haters are strong. And all the way from his new apartment, my neighbor, my buddy, our MVP, even when he's moving, refusing to not not show up, John. Ah, man, it feels good to be the best. The best. Undisputed fucking champion. Um... I'm adding a new thing at the at the end of the little minute. Uh, just a quick headline recap. Donald Trump did more tariffs. Uh, he made a shit deal with the EU. Uh, he's been uh, a racist again. Uh, Crazy. You, your usual Donald Trump stuff. Uh, wow. Has he ever done that before? I don't think so. I think this <laughs> is the first time he's been racist. Never? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. It is a brand new uh, test statement by him. Uh Multiple, this one, this is one of my favorite headlines of the week. Multiple Republican legislators are now saying they will not run for re-election in 2020 for their seats. And they are officially retiring from politics. <laughs> Good. Get the Sweet, boomers man. out of here, dude. Yeah. I'm totally down for that. Uh, yes. And uh, some fresh faces. Very true. Very true. Um, and I guess uh, finally... Uh, mass shootings does just don't stop happening in the United States. It is literally turning into that's, an epidemic. I feel like this should be weird, a PSA. Dude. Yeah, right? It's like you would think things would change if you just didn't change anything at all, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and on that note, that has been the Liddy Minute. Uh, so... Um, the debates happened. Yeah, it's round two. Round two of the debates did not look much. Di- I think the only replacement that happened on that debate stage is one white dude, one young white dude, got replaced by one old white dude. Um, and uh, but the debate format was changed a bit, according to CNN. Uh, the the first night and the second night were getting like a one minute answer for every question that they were asked, and then fifteen second replies. Amazing! If, if someone attacks another it was person, really good, right? Uh, almost feel like almost feels a little like a game show, but I don't know. That seems incendiary. I don't want to be an incendiary no, person, you know. It uh, could never be like that. Yeah, uh, but on the first night, uh, we had uh, Chaboy. Bernie Sanders. You feel the burn? Oh, wow. Oh, uh, granddaddy. Not even daddy. Granddaddy <laughs> out here. Uh, uh, bringing the true, the true mass movement to the stage in full force. Backing him up, surprisingly, in my opinion, backing him up was our anointed lady, uh, Elizabeth Warren herself. Uh, the first... I feel like she is the ultimate, like, new age politician. 
to carry two substantially separate thoughts in your head and not even she is an ardent capitalist yet also extremely for social programs and it is it's kind of beautiful to watch uh she genuinely impressed me and then and then two i don't know what to call them obama larpers and then eight fucking npcs so so i didn't actually watch either of the debates and i have a reason for that uh and i'll talk to y'all i can bring that up later mm-hmm. um but i heard bernie did not show up uh for the first debate and he did for the second is that true yes. oh yes yeah yes. absolutely so um so the so ahead. like the first debate uh bernie was right next to biden and he saw people basically uh, aiming their fucking sniper rifles at Biden, so he just ducked and he just kind of <laughs> just not put himself under fire, and then at the end had literally the best closer. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, yes. now that I'm thinking about it, he's had the best closer both times. Both times, yes. Uh, nice. And he started the trend of telling your website to people. <laughs> True. Also, um, in the second night, uh, well, I guess the first night of the second round. Like the best way I can sum it up is essentially, like, have you ever played like a co-op zombie game? Yeah. Uh huh. So it's basically Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders as the players, and then just this horde of NPCs that yeah. they just fucking mow down. They snipe the with, fucking holy shit, shit flamethrowers, fucking uh, the fucking chainsaws, yeah, bats, shotguns, you name it. They fucking mowed them down like the horde NPCs that they are. Yeah. It was incredible Ooh. to watch. And it was so but, funny because <laughs> every it was literally like 8v2 and they were just destroying them. Like I yeah. it was embarrassing. There was a moment at the beginning of the debate John when like they introduced Elizabeth and Bernie first and Elizabeth comes out and she, uh, Bernie comes out and he waves to everyone and then Elizabeth comes out and they literally hug. And I'm like, "Holy shit, right. They're like best friends." Like Bernie oh, in 2016 wanted Elizabeth Warren to run instead There's of There's also a, I saw this gif where they both look at each other right before it starts. Like, like they both like <laughs> touch their nose to like tell them like, all right, you sniping first or am I? Yeah, you're going Alpha or Delta. Like, just tell me, tell me what zone I need to hold. It was literally King of the Hill. It was like <laughs> literally, literally, they put them both at the top of the hill and it's like, who can take them down? No one fucking so, I don't know much about Elizabeth Warren. What is her her past look like so uh she was she was a republican uh back way when uh she switched to becoming a democrat when she saw that the republican party was transitioning into that's a good word yeah transitioning into uh a true mask off moment uh she came in as kind of like the like the brainy i don't know how to describe her it's like that anime character in every show that gets to like plan everything ahead of time and always has the perfect plan for everything that's she's basically the accountant for the democratic party and throughout the years she's developed an extremely progressive agenda especially with her with her partnership with bernie sanders on a lot of bills and stuff like that but she's maintained a very strong democratic socialist mentality in which she is very strongly capitalist, but also okay. believes in social programs. Isn't that a social democrat? Right, nice. Yes, she she is uh, sorry, a social not a democrat, a social democrat. Sorry, 
I confuse the two. I mean, everyone uh, just uses them interchangeably Inter- nowadays, yeah. so it kind of doesn't matter. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and basically, throughout this 2020 campaign, she has basically run what has been described as a Bernie light campaign. Uh, she basically carries all of Bernie's, uh, I guess, talking points and policies, but her path forward is more uh, incremental than Bernie's. Bernie's is the sweeping change, grassroots movement style thing. Warren believes in the same thing, but she also believes that it will happen slowly and through bureaucratic change instead of grand sweeping uh, oh, okay. gotcha. uh, revolution and transformation. Although she had literally one of the best one-liners about oh. big ideas. And, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, this the, the thing about her being an extremely ardent incrementalist yeah. was my big criticism of her and on that debate stage she fucking came in guns fucking hot action reloading on john delaney and fucking t- like fucking mowing these motherfuckers yeah john, down. john delaney with the you know I, i'm not gonna give you false promises i'm not gonna say we're gonna do things i know we can't do and elizabeth warren literally interrupts him while he's talking and goes I don't oh, know I why someone. I don't know why someone goes out of their way to run for president of the United States just to talk about what we can't do and what we shouldn't fight for. Yeah. Holy fucking! I literally jumped out of my seat. I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah. No. So good. <laughs> there were moments at the beginning when, like, it felt like everyone, like, because Beto and and Buttigieg came in thinking that they're gonna knock down Bernie and Elizabeth Warren from their poll position. So at the beginning, they were trying to go for Bernie's neck. Everyone was going for like Bernie's neck. Also, and his Buttigieg policy. with running the defense. Th- so I'm gonna get to that. So like while 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 Bernie and Warren were sniping, Buttigieg was running back and forth to get more ammo. <laughs> yeah. So like so like what happens is Bernie is just like putting his foot on everyone's neck, like long shot 360 <laughs> sniping dude. And I know we're using too much gaming terminology, but it genuinely felt like it this. really fits. Yeah. And, like, I was literally standing up LARPing a sniper rifle, like, pretending to be Bernie, fucking popping headshots. So Even the fucking, uh, the moderators didn't, <laughs> they didn't survive. No, no, one. no. Like, when, at one point, Bernie stops Jake Tapper in the middle of a question and is like, could you stop with the Republican talking points? Like, oh, and by the way, uh, Big Pharma is sponsoring tonight's debate. Yeah, so so then Bernie says, could you stop with the Republican talking points? Because on today, on uh, this evening, Pharma has paid millions of dollars to put up ads to promote against Medicare for all. So, so like, ah, uh, the fucking moment. So at, in the middle, about like 30 minutes in, Beto and Buttigieg just back the fuck off. They're like, we need to hold our positions in the polls. And Buttigieg at that moment like felt almost like he was campaigning to be in someone's cabinet. Wait, he didn't just debate in Spanish with them? Uh, <laughs> Beto, Beto vanished. I don't fucking wow. understand what, why Beto was on stage. Like He genuinely disappeared. He was trying, every time he was given the opportunity to talk, he was given sermons like... Almost like, you know how logic cops Kendrick Lamar's flow? Yeah. Beto O'Rourke in this debate felt like he was copying Obama's flow. Like he was trying to like deliberately slow down his speech and like think of every word. But instead of sounding like deliberate, it sounded like he didn't know what he wanted to say next. And so (laughs) 
he completely crashed and burned. Beauty Judge, on the other hand, was like, I support big ideas. I love big ideas. I'm also very young. Uh, and I'm young. And I believe that whoever has the best idea, I will support them. He was the first one on that debate stage to use what now is the infamous. I would rather have anyone on the stage be president instead of Donald Trump. Yep. Um, so that's, that's Beauty Judge. But yeah, Bernie and Warren. Warren genuinely, like, I am totally down with her. Same. Yeah, now. I'm very impressed. At this point. I would like to issue a public apology to Elizabeth Warren uh, for being such a hater. Also, she's, she just comes off as so genuine in whenever the, she talks. Like, Yeah. She's motherly in a way that yes. Hillary never was. And I know no. that that might be misogynistic. Probably, but it's... <laughs> it's like she comes off paternal, like a parent. She comes off like your concerned parent. Like Bernie comes off as like your really like stressed out grandpa. <laughs> and Warren is just there to be like, it's going to be okay. I am going to hold your hand through this. They are genuinely the greatest like Mr. Rogers tandem I have seen. And I hope that whoever one of them. Uh, what's up, John? I said nice. Yeah. I hope genuinely that whoever drops out of the race from between them. Ends up being in the other uh, the other uh, ones exactly. running mate. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, and I should add an addendum for the first night. Marianne Williamson really disappointed. Uh, yeah, she pissed off a bunch of progressives by not being on board for Medicare for all, even though after the debate she has no plan. Uh, the the wor- the 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 issue with her with the way she's like yeah. played both sides, the both sides argument is she didn't have an alternative. She's like, I don't know. I'll look at either of y'all's plans and see which is better. And it's like, I don't need that from a president, right? And two, her reformations plan came across a little too fucking... I smoked weed with my buddies and had like a woke (laughs) galaxy brain moment. Like, so you see... The, there were 40 acres and a mule. And so if you count all the 40 acres and a mule, it would account for trillions of dollars. So like by percentages, if you make a percentage across all of the black people that exist, you get $400 billion across 10 years. The math is there. The math is just there. Damn. Yeah. That's so, a matrix. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm a huge supporter of reformations, but my reformations idea is much more radical. I want to establish a civil rights... You mean, is it reparations? Reparations, sorry. Reparations. I apologize. I'm an Arab. I'm an immigrant. I don't (laughs) speak American. I apologize. Uh, But... uh, Sorry, you don't have to go back. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, John. We accept you. Aw, that's so sweet. I'm so happy to be included, but I'll never... In your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, hey, man, we'll take it wherever we can get it. Because apparently the worst thing on the planet is for a Muslim to be president. Uh, not sure. Shari- yeah, definitely not Sharia law. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, I was going to say, oh, oh, my idea for reformations is a little weird. I assume I want to establish a, like a civil rights department as a part of the government and funnel a budgetary amount through it that then would go into organizations and community workers in African-American communities and kind of uplift them that way. And I think that would be a sustained income to the community across forever to repay for one of the greatest atrocities. And I believe it's a civil rights department because I believe the same needs to be done for Native Americans. I don't think... Yeah, I, I don't agree. Think 1,000%. In this, yeah, I don't think in this conversation, like... 
if you go back to her Dave Rubin interview, she like she genuinely says that Germany did a mea culpa, and like that's kind of her hope with like reparations for African Americans. And I'm like, one, it's never going to be a full mea culpa. Like you're not just gonna be like debt paid, we're done. Like, I understand that that's, like, harsh for people to realize, but, like, that's an honest truth right there. And the same needs to be discussed about Native Americans and the fact that that is the original sin of this country. Uh, and then well, this... dude, we gave them casinos. Oh, right. Yeah, we gave them... <laughs> we already made a culpa. Uh, we gave them... So they're already making all the money back, right? <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. Because their casinos well, make as much taxes. as the ones in Las Vegas. Yeah, I always hear about how... How great their communities are thriving. <laughs> that's that's all I hear about. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like and like how really solid those contracts are for those casinos. Oh, yeah. That like we're not the government can't just come in and tear them down immediately so they could build a giant pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Um the second night uh was a beautiful uh demonstration of uh, I don't even want to call it centrist. I just want to call it uh, a bunch of very convoluted ideas that just don't want to include a Medicare for all. And uh, one of the most racist attempts by CNN, I think, in modern history to attempt to frame a conversation as in black versus white by putting Joe Biden's center stage sandwiched between Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and then having every question go from Kamala replied by Biden, Booker replied by Biden, Biden replied by Booker. And it was one of the really oddest moments to watch of like, basically this, this fucking, what amounts to a senile old man getting squashed by these two. Uh, but at least, well, Cory Booker wasn't taken to town. Kamala Harris was taken to town by Tulsi Gabbard. And I guess, um, yeah, there was, there was a classic, there was, and then we ended on a classic meme moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Joe Biden telling people to go to Joe 30330 to support his campaign. And join the fight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I remember, guys. Go to Joe 30. 30. That's where you got to go. Just and go. then his uh, campaign was like, oh, no, he meant to say tax. It's actually a number. You're you're supposed you're supposed to text the number. You're supposed to text Joe to the number. Yeah. No, no, no. You go to Joe. You go to Joe. Just go the find local, Joe. It's it's not a website, yeah, guys. Pub, no, no, no. You just go find Joe at area code three zero three zero three three zero. It's like, it's like it was listing the sequence to power yeah. down. <laughs> just shut down. Just uh. Uh yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, at the end of it, Bernie and Warren seemed much stronger. Uh, Buttigieg just kind of where he's at. Uh, and my one takeaway is for the love of fucking God, DNC, don't leave the zero percenters off the stage. Literally nine, I want to say 10 of the people that were on stage both nights had a zero percentage in the polls. Uh, and that is asinine. That is fucking asinine and useless. I don't fucking understand why John Delaney, Tim Ryan, Huckenbacher, Buchenbacher is on that fucking stage. Fucking, we don't care. Like, yeah, like, but O'Rourke can speak Spanish. Yeah, and like, why the fu 
O'Rourke has one percent, but still, why the fuck is he on that stage? Like, like he lost to fucking Ted Cruz. Like, I don't understand how you expect him to stand next to Donald Trump. You want to talk about how we lose the White House? You have the guy who lost to lying Ted, son of the Zodiac killer, who became Donald Trump's whipping boy. You get the guy who lost to him to go against Donald Trump, and that's how you get a fucking Democratic president in the White House. I don't fucking understand. Get fucking give Aurora. He's such the, a likable person, though. What is likable about him? This is a person. With all the Spanish people like him because <coughs> he can speak Spanish. They have Julian Castro. Yeah, but <laughs> I yeah. don't know about uh, he speaks Spanish though. So, but yeah, any final thoughts? We're a little over time on this, or we've gotten to the twenty-minute mark. Any any final? Uh, just get rid of the centrist. How many centrists do you need to push your centrist ideas? Jesus just, Christ! You you could you, you don't, don't need that many. You, you could literally get, DNC, right? you could get three centrists, and that's enough. That's more than enough. And you already have three centrists who are doing well in the polls. Like you have Amy Klobuchar, uh, Gillibrand, and Beat Buttigieg. You well, go with I, those. I was more thinking I mean, Biden, Joe Kamala Harris, and fucking Buttigieg. Sure, but Kamala Harris is presenting herself as a as a neo progressive. Yeah, and Biden's presenting himself as a Republican. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Biden is presenting himself as the Republican who once worked with Obama. Guys, I love the Republicans. Uh, don't no doubt about it. I am best friends with all the Republicans. And also, I worked for Obama. Remember Obama? Every fucking oh, interview. Obama. I suck Republican dick every day, guys. Every day. Don't even think twice about it. Y'all remember segregation? <laughs> I worked with those people. <laughs> I made it less segregation. I made... I did it. I did everything. <laughs> at one point, at one point, he stood in front of Cory Booker and questions Cory Booker's criminal justice record. Cory Booker was like, like, are you... Are you serious right now, Joe? Joe, do you really want to go here? Do you really want to come at my house right now? Because, hey, look, all of the policies, I can show you the name that signed those bills. And it doesn't say Cory Booker on them. It says Joe Biden. I worked with segregationists. I don't know why you added that note in, Joe. <laughs> but somehow it was in your signature. It ended racism. And Joe's like, I did it. The reason you two are on stage is because of me. That always it's a good look. Yeah. It's a good look when Yeah, you're and then and then I read newspapers the next day and they're like, Oh, Joe looked like a looked solid yesterday. He looked <laughs> Joe Joe's shooting back. Oh Joe's like Joe's fighting looking back. real good, good right now. Yeah, yeah. Except for the I'm fact ready that to go to Joe <laughs> And like, yeah, especially considering the guy who's considering... He ducked him. He, he got him. That's, <laughs> that's, the whole, that's how you win. That the old debate right there. That's the I mean, think about clip. it, guys. What is everyone talking about? It's, it's about Joe 3-0 through 3-0. I mean, you have to think about it. They talk about how do we get the boomer vote. You get it by, by fucking texting. By texting Joe to 3-0-3-3-0-3-3-7-7-5-6-7. You can't say text. Because then that would turn the boomers off. You gotta say go to Joe. Go to Joe. Just find Joe. Do boom is that how like boomers oh like God. decode that? Holy They're like, oh, okay, I know exactly what to no. do. Doing it oh. now. What boomers are go actually doing Joe. is what Joe told them is go find me. Go find me in the real world and say the words three oh three three oh and that's how I will win the presidency. 
<laughs> just go look. It's a scavenger hunt. Boomer, boomers don't have much to do because they're all retired. Like the Viagra wore off and they can't just keep having sex and STDs. So they just kind of are leaving the houses, walking Ooh, around, Joe. looking for Joe, yelling, 3-0, 3-3-0. And you just yell that enough and it'll, just, it'll confuse Trump. And they'll just win the White House. That's a good strategy. Yeah. And on that note, uh, uh, let's go to the shill sesh. Hopefully it'll play. There we go. It is playing. Guys, go listen to my podcast, Shots That Goes to the Movies. It's not political at all. We just talk about movies. Cool movies. And it's a stream of consciousness. Oh, cool movies? Cool movies. Go to Shasta Goes to the Movies. Not lame movies? Just search it on Google. You'll find it or on YouTube or Spotify. All right. Uh, after the shill sesh, uh, let's get into a little, a little. Uh, let's call it a, a general topic of sorts. Um, uh, what did we land on, Himes? Why Americans hate the poor. So I guess that's a loaded question, but like really, like really, really, I'm very curious. Okay, fine. Let, let's be charitable here. Okay. Does America hate poor people? Okay, sure. But is that still framing it wrong? Because I think we all know the I mean, answer you to that. Just ask why is there so much animosity towards poor people? I, I just other than you know that they're black. I'm genuinely. <laughs> <laughs> not to say all, most, not all, not all. I just want to understand why we w- there is there is a level of of just uh, just grimace when you start talking about poor people in America. Whenever you want to make anything better for poor people, it's just like it's you get the roll in the eye, like oh, give me a break. I yeah. work for my bread. Like <laughs> yeah, why why can't everybody do what I do? Oh, come on, like I don't want to hear your sob story. Open a business. Yeah, just start your, you know, educate yourself. Like, come on, it's not that hard. Why are you so you lazy? Have, why, why do you want handouts? You have a brain. Why do you have handouts, huh? Handouts. Yeah. But how do like, <sighs> like, like, what is what is what is the contention there? Like, what is the the absolute anger that that arises in because people? Because if you're poor, then you're not working. All right. If you're poor, then you're not working hard enough and you're leeching you're off not, the system. You're not worthy. Capital determines your worth, literally. If you're poor, you don't matter. But I don't understand. Okay, but okay, that, that, that makes sense to the power power structure in America. But like I don't understand how like the average American then gets the vibe that like, oh, this person who's working two jobs to just maintain their family because they're higher on the totem pole and listen they're just there temporarily i mean they're just temporary embarrassed millionaires they're eventually going to get to the top because that's the american dream oh yeah obviously because 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 the growth of millionaires in america is so straggling yeah class mobility in the u.s is incredible shit uh i mean that's why you see so many people lift themselves out of poverty am i right maybe people think people in america are like poor people in America are bad because you're told your entire life that the, that's like the last thing you want to become, right? It's like poor and maybe homeless and then you're destitute and you're fucked, right? I just think it's so weird. When someone hears you're poor, then you're like of lesser status. I just think it's weird how how we don't care when handouts are given to people who have everything. 
and then when people actually need it, it's just like, oh well, like oh, they're yeah. actually not <laughs> worth it. Like, like they built their empire, so they deserve the rewards, even more rewards. It doesn't matter if my taxes go to them. But don't we like? Isn't there like a beauty? Like whenever, whenever a rich person who came from poverty like tells their story of how they rose. Oh, we from, love those. Don't we love those? Oh, we love it because they're no longer poor, AK. But like they did it. They're That's they're now worthy. Story. I don't understand, but like if you if you deliver a level of access to 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 your most impoverished, don't you then create a better standard of living? Like why is the bottom floor homelessness no, 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 and no, 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 why no one helped me, game. AK? No one helped me. Why should we game, help AK? others? But okay, if so I, let, if yeah. you were to give my made up money to the other people and they would help them, then I would be worse off with less money because it's zero sum. <laughs> I just want to understand. Two words. Social Darwinism. Oh my fuck. No, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, please. No, wait. I, I actually... Wait, no, no. If you can't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> I guess you're just gonna die. Listen, I don't want to talk about this, but what? overpopulation. But I don't understand why the floor has to. <laughs> this is just nature's way of taking care of the weak. There's just too many of us. There have been since the Greeks. I mean, <laughs> we just have to eradicate the unworthy. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. this might be unpopular, but it is necessary. Yeah, I totally get that. Do you under do you understand why we hate the poor now at least? But but wouldn't it be better if you created a society in which people can become financially stable and well off by the time they are in the late twenties than in their late forties? Well, I mean, we For kind of a, like we give them public housing, right? No, like, we don't. Once we see them jaywalking, we can just put them in oh, jail. Okay. And they have a roof over there. You head. fucking got me. You. Oh and my then, god. Hey. And we give them jobs. Making money. We're making money off of that process. One cent an hour jobs. Yeah. It's a mutual benefit type Listen, thing. Listen, right? they work. Even like okay, so like instead of reprimanding them like we should, we give them free housing, free food, and jobs. Ak, what more do you want? <laughs> Like, what? we're cleaning up the streets here. Everybody wins. Yeah, dude. Go on. Like, what do you... What do and you, now what we're do you setting up camps weed for Im- immigrants? I mean... Summer camps are really nice, I hear. Absolutely. Summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. They come from their country to come They're to these camps. They're coming to these camps. It's like six flags to them. All right? This is good. We're good. These are good things. So the question is, uh, I don't. I actually, I don't understand the question at this point. It sounds like we love poor people. What? <laughs> okay, wait. All jokes aside, all jokes aside, how? What would be an appropriate solution, or what would be an appropriate first step to creating a? Because, like, here's a Republican talking point, right? I need to work hard and do everything I could so my kids could have a better life than I would. So, like, if you expand that argument, and as a people, we've, like, worked hard and reached where we're at, but, like, we've left so many people behind. How do you create uh, 
an equitable society uh, that then allows for people to then have the same standard of living and then reach heights that they couldn't before. Like, Well, first you'd have to convince people that people deserve like equal opportunities and that it's not in human nature to be hierarchical. Yeah. Like that I understand that I understand that we're all different, but that doesn't mean we should all deserve different like rights. <laughs> I thought that was I didn't think I had to like equal, say that one, you right? You have to explain to people that like equal opportunity doesn't mean equal outcomes, right? Yeah, like I think when people hear equality, they think of everyone wearing like gray jumpsuits eating beans out of a can. It it was you know it's like I mean? that movie they showed us when we were kids. Uh, about how like the dystopian like communist community where everyone was exactly the same i can't remember what it was but i i remember them literally showing me propaganda Jesus. in school in like middle school oh and reading ayn rand but where did this idea oh, where ayn did rand. this idea of for everyone to be equitable we have to take we have to bring you down instead of uplift people because when you're used to supremacy for as long as you have been, equality seems like oppression. But when you don't have that supremacy anymore, when of you course, fought... You'd, yeah, you'd be uplifting people. But you'd no, be uplifting when you fought, most people. No, no, no. When you fought for years to crush under your middle class boot yeah. the, the fucking poor and the fucking impoverished of this country, and all that time you haven't been looking when like fucking the l richest of the rich and the most powerful of the powerful have like fucking liposuctioned Every worth that you have, your mobility, your wage growth, any growth you could possibly have while you're too busy looking at poor people taking shit away from you, then you're just the same as them. Like, you, you, your, your supremacy has already been taken away from you. It just hasn't been taken away by the enemy you've been seeing this entire time. So I don't understand. How do you change that paradigm shift? How do you change that perspective? How do you make someone, instead of looking down, they look up to see where the actual, like, fucking avalanche is coming from when we talk about the erosion of the middle class and all that bullshit i feel like it's very hard to do especially in america because individualism and like the idea that you need to work for yourself and become better than everyone else uh is like ingrained in many people nowadays and even thinking that like oh, my work is going to go to other people who didn't work for my work what but your work uh, is less work than just, yeah you understand that every time you say but you're going further ahead down the line of thinking that people should be going right like it's it's like the next logical step sure and and isn't isn't our job here to kind of take that next logical step yeah of course i, th yeah. I think we should like you've talked about many times before just get information out there although <laughs> this is my this is a uh, tangentially related but i was watching a uh, boondocks mm -hmm. uh the other day i was re-watching it and the, literally the first episode is huey going to a garden party <laughs> telling people uh jesus was black ronald reagan was the devil and the government did 9-11 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and everyone just started clapping at him he's like oh he's so well spoken, well -spoken. oh he's so good, good. yeah exactly uh, uncle ruckus starts singing uh <laughs> about dirty n-words and they're yes. like oh i think it's okay as long as they say, say it. it yeah then someone gets shot from a sh like the roof onto the floor and they just they just applaud Plug everything it, yeah. because they're so content like they're 
happy. It's the theory where of the are. bourgeoisie. Exactly. It's the theory of the bourgeoisie. And it doesn't matter what's around them because they're fine. It doesn't That's affect them. That that episode is literally an homage to a 1930s French movie uh, called uh, uh, the something the the art of the game. And the idea of the movie is a lot of these people are like doing some really heinous shit and like doing all that stuff. But like the bourgeoisie just watches and like for a second, their peace has been impaired. And they're like, this is so irritating. Why are they? Why? Why? <laughs> why is this guy shooting his kid? Like, yeah, why is he I shooting his kid in front of, of us? Our genius president. Oh, God, what a guy. What a guy. Has Boy, anyone even read that book? Time. What does that book even say? Everybody has. Every economist has read it. (laughs) (laughs) It is the basis for Keynesian economics. That's the the foundation. Trump University, dude. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be. (laughs) That would actually, if they actually handed every student the art of the deal, that would be more spending than they actually spent. Yeah, you gotta buy it. It's actually the blueprint for the Cato Institute. (laughs) And PragerU. And PragerU, yeah. Uh. Yeah, um, there is, there is. It's really like this decade's mind comp. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Here we go, calling everybody uh, a Hitler again. <laughs> Here's it going again? Fucking pointing. Everyone's a Nazi. Nazi. Everyone is a racist. The comparison. Do these not words there. even have a meaning anymore? What is white supremacy? Uh, Why can't I say the N word? Uh, but there is uh the. I, I, uh, my point was that there is an ability uh, for us to est- establish something that is... Uh, I think you just have to push the, the message. Yeah. You just have I mean, to push the message as, as loud as you can and as far as you can uh, so people are made aware of it. Um, I know I brought up the boondocks point that maybe people just don't want to be aware. They want to be willfully ignorant to it because it makes their lives easier. I don't know. I'm not a sociologist. I couldn't tell you what what would actually happen if we tried, you know, to do a cultural. Also, how do you like convince people that their minds have been tainted by culture and propaganda without coming off to them as like a also crazy? Also, getting through the also getting through like the cognitive dissonance that you'll get whenever you hear a contradictory idea to something that you hold to be true and. Rather than changing like your attitude and your ideas toward it, you'd change your behavior and start blaming others or just outright outright saying that they're wrong to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Is that dissonance? Yeah, yeah, pretty I, much. I, I don't know. The the notion the notion that somehow every person on this planet thinks that they individually like I'm giving back. I give back to charity. I work at a soup kitchen. I use paper straws and stuff like that. When if you mobilize, like you take all of this stuff, all the hard work you've put in to do something and you delegate that work into a process in which you are a part of a larger movement and a movement with a cohesive idea and a plan. Hey, we want to help the poor people, right? You go to the soup kitchen every week and you see all these poor people. Do you like, yeah, do wouldn't you it not- be nice if we actually did something about that? Yeah. Do, do you like, you've been taught as a child, like fucking teach them how to catch a fish and not like give them a fish every day. Right? Like that idea, like we are trying to establish and like, instead of like going out there and like thinking that you're just going to do change on your own by yourself by making this individual decision you combine you let go your fucking individual decision with other people with similar individual decisions and you push upwards 
and maybe possibly as a movement you get to enhance and and magnify an image to people and that's not something that is not happening look at the parkland kids look at those british kids that left school and didn't go to school to protest global warming look at black lives I mean, matter like, like bernie is a good example exactly. he's disseminating those ideas and getting them to the american public without having the ideas be shunned because it's socialism yeah and and it's kind of weird like whenever i talk to people on the other side of you know political ideology it's like they know the same problems they they've recognized that something's wrong and they actually know what's wrong their solutions are just so contrived and surface level i do think that individualism is that pervasive that we think everything can be solved by the self that we are the like just the top of the line moral arbiters and like the buck stops here it's it, it stops with us and that's where the solution is and i i, I find that so weird yeah because like for instance i read an article on vox and vox is one of like my favorite media outlets and i read an article about well the conversation about medicare for all is is pedantic because or or I, I, or yeah it's kind of it, we've discovered that that might not be the best use of that word but uh, a little too reductivist to a certain extent, because once these presidents get into office, they're going to have to deal with the Senate and whatever. But the idea is every time we have those political conversation, it's like the government, like Congress and the House, the presidents and the judiciary are just the separate like line in the sand between what people do. Like people just go out once a year, once every four years, vote for something, and then the government people kind of just talk with each other and decide things. And we have to like magically like chess play and checkers fucking play with each other to figure out how many votes in the Senate. But in reality, what, you're, what you should be doing, what, what you ought to be doing, right, is you ought to have like you've gone out, you've advocated for the policy you want through through the personalization of a person, right? You've manifested your ideology, the combination, the composite of your ideology into a candidate, you send him into office, and every time he decides to want to do something, he comes out to the to the public because he is the face of the presidency, he's the face of the government, and asks the public, hey, is this what you want? And we go out in the streets, we email, we message, we call, we advocate as much as possible on yeah, our social media. We go to Joe. We find fucking Joe three in the street. O, and we yell, 30330, save the poors, right? And we should, like, that's the idea is you are always, you're always supposed to be actively, like, a part- not participating, but always, like, megaphoning the message that you want. So even if you want a message of individualism in which everyone works hard and gets the opportunity to work hard, tell your government that that's what you want to. Coalesce together and send it through the composite that you made out of your perfect candidate or as close as a perfect candidate as you can make, right? And this idea that like there's this difference between the rest of humanity, the rest of every citizen in this country and then government and how it works is ridiculous we're supposed to be the ones that like push that go like no this idea is bad no this idea is good like the checks and balances don't just stop with the three branches of government there is a fourth and a fifth branch there is the press in which they composite all the ideas of the people but then those ideas of the people come from where 
They come from the actual fucking people coming together and establishing those ideas. We wouldn't have gotten the right for black people the right to vote if they did not have a social movement in which they came together. We would not have had gay people being able to marry if we did not make it pervasive in the culture and talk about how it's important for them to get married. Yeah, change comes from the bottom up, not from the system that's literally fucking you. Exactly. So, like, if... <clears throat> well, if I guess... I guess to kind of tie it up, uh, tie it all up. Probably. Um, so I think you've mentioned before that it's not just Republicans and Democrats. There's a huge demographic that just doesn't vote. They feel voiceless. They feel powerless. Uh, everything that we talked about here is more about convincing the other side who uh, fall prey to the system. I mean, we all fall prey to the system. Let's be honest. We, We all have individualism ingrained in our system and we've had to fight our way to kind of like, and be open-minded to more more possible solutions. So I guess what would you say to the people who feel voiceless and powerful? Because I, even as like individualism or whatever, I, I still think you can spread that message. I believe so too. Yeah, I still, I still think you can tell we people make, like, don't despair. Like you can affect change. We make voting and honest, earnest fucking nonprofit organizations that well, work I, down I mean, on the for, streets. For, for this election, because that's not going to happen for 2020. But, it, but the, those organizations already exist. I think, like, for instance, one of the jobs of our podcast should be to find an organization that does great fucking work, that's already working on the fucking streets, getting people to fucking vote and advocate for shit, yeah. and, like, give them fucking publicity on this podcast and say, hey, go to their website and do this kind of stuff and, like, work with those people. Donate. You talk You talk about how Bernie... Like, John talked about how Journey... Uh, Bernie is a... Journey. <laughs> Journey is a beautiful band. Bernie is a beautiful, like coalition of that idea of like the movement but what is bernie's entire message go to my website donate a few bucks which which we all should we should all have please go to bernie's go to bernie's website even if you like elizabeth warren go to elizabeth warren's website donate to her a a few bucks participate in the movement and yeah i guess from now on we will we will try to also participate in this process we will find organizations that get out there and vote even in houston where we live and we will advertise for those movements because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. That's kind of the message we're supposed to be showing there is that I'm not advocating for like the dude sitting at his home, like about to lose his job to automation or like the Starbucks employee who yeah. like has to work like overtime, yeah. like for them to go out in the street and kind of, uh, are you, are you in a protest? <laughs> right. do, do you want to <laughs> protest? No, I'm telling you, go fucking find the website for an Just organization. Just come out of your house with a sign and be like, all right, where oh, it's at, where, where, <laughs> where are we at? Going? Where are we going? Like, find the people that are working on this stuff and go and work with them. There's multiple organizations. You want to help immigrants? You want to help the immigrants on camp? There's an organization on campus called Yeah. Find it. Go find it on their website. Support them. Tell them that they're doing great work. Help them volunteer. They try to find people before ice raids. They try to warn people before ice raids are going to happen and stuff like that. There's multiple of these organizations that are littering the uh, the area is just we need to disseminate actual physical things that are happening in the world that a lot of people genuinely don't care to know about. I agree. There's a weird fourth wall eureka moment. I like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, and on that note, I would like to thank everyone for coming along. I don't know if the music is going to play, but here we go. I would like to thank everyone for listening. It didn't play. It's not playing. All right. Let's uh, let's play it through here. Okay. We don't have... Uh, I will have to add it in post. Okay.
What is happening? Okay. Acapella. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks to John and Jamie for coming along on this episode. Uh, hey, guys. How about we say bye? Bye. Bye. Bye.